America's caffeine addiction has deep roots. In 1912, the chief chemist for the USDA warned, this country is full of tea and coffee drunkards. The U.S. government even sued Coca-Cola for adding caffeine to the drink. Prohibition banned the production and sale of alcohol in 1920. It was a win for the temperance movement. It was also a win for bootleggers, speakeasies, and gangsters who cashed in on black market booze. By 1927, there were twice as many speakeasies in New York as pre-prohibition bars. Marijuana and heroin were all the rage in the bohemian jazz scene of the 1930s. The government created the Federal Bureau of Narcotics to crack down on illegal drugs, and marijuana was officially outlawed in 1937. And reefer madness stoked fears of the evil weed. Doctors started prescribing amphetamines to soldiers returning from World War II to fight combat fatigue, while students and athletes were popping them to increase performance. World War II pilots even received Benzedrine in their flight kits. The age of advertising takes off, and ads for Milltown and other sedatives appeal directly to the public. Mother's Little Helper pills were prescribed as a quick fix for anxiety. One in 20 Americans were using it. Drugs went mainstream as the era of free love led to young, white, middle-class Americans loosening up with help from marijuana. It's considered the beginning of the modern drug epidemic. Harder drugs like cocaine and heroin became more common as the stigma on drug use eased. Up to 15% of troops in Vietnam used heroin. But President Nixon was going to war. America's public enemy number one in the United States is drug abuse. Cocaine got more popular and crack cocaine appeared on the scene, as did tough laws that disproportionately targeted minorities. Crack was cheaper than cocaine, but sentences for possession were a hundred times harsher. President Reagan launched the Just Say No campaign. Say no to drugs and say yes to life. Club drugs like ecstasy fueled the party scene. MDMA let crowds party all night and stoked feelings of connection and euphoria. In 1997, one in 16 students entering high school had tried ecstasy. Popping prescription painkillers like oxycodone became easier because of lax prescription tracking laws, especially in Florida. 90 of the top 100 prescribing doctors were operating in the state. The pills made their way north via the Oxy Express. With states cracking down on prescription pills, people turned to heroin for a cheaper and easier high, and a new heroin epidemic quietly takes root. Heroin use has more than doubled in the past decade. HSBC knowingly turned a blind eye to the Sinaloa cartel that was laundering money through its banks. And yet, it did purposefully widen some of it. Hello there. Pull up a chair. Let's chat about drugs. What a subject, right? I think that part of what I do is I also try to pay attention to what's going on around the world. And what's going on around our neighbors, people that we will be interacting with. I've been concerned for a very long time about people on medication. We have a lot of people that are running things. They're on medication. They're on hormones, testosterone, anger-producing meds. Drugs lead to many ways for people to die, not just from an overdose, okay? It also crushes the people around them. So 
when they say that a person dies of an overdose of, let's say, opioids, they don't really know that that was the cause, right? Because that person could have started on other things. There's many, many factors. So I'm not going to get over-engaged in any statistics. But remember, these drugs are all dangerous. And I'm not going to get into a thing and make it about me, but I am handicapped completely, straight-up handicapped from these simple little pills, okay? They give us these pills to attack our systems. So I'd like to have some things for you to consider because remember, as things progress along the way here, there's going to be a lot of unpredictable behaviors, both from those in charge, I'm just guessing, of course, and for those who are around us who are also on medication. Do you realize that if you're on medication for anxiety, let's say, and you stop that pill, even if you've only been on it for a few days, and you stop that pill suddenly after maybe a month or so, it has already taken hold in your brain. I have had experience with this, okay? I have missed pills in the past, and I was talking to Andy about this the other day, and I'm not going to go full medical disclosure, but if you miss one of those pills, you will be out of your mind, okay? unable to move, unable to think clearly, you will be start behaving very erratically. They are nothing to be playing with, okay? That is why they want us on them. So do not ever stop these things suddenly. And do not ever tell anybody else what to do with them. And I am by far not suggesting what you should be taking or not taking. I am just trying to point out, while we still have some time here, the reality of what taking prescription meds is going to do to society in general. Remember, this country has, what, half the people on insulin? What's going to happen when the insulin runs out? What's going to happen when, you know, all of our meds are coming from China? So there's a lot of things to consider here because, remember, the people that were around are going to also impact us personally because, People have this idea that drug addicts look a certain way. This society has created a ton of people who are, in fact, addicted to these medications. So well, that goes without dispute, okay? So when these things get cut off, things will happen that will become very erratic. For example, people are now being cut off of all their benefits, the few that they had in this country. Well, who's going to pay for those prescription meds? You realize that unlike the rest of the world, this country is not helping people with things like free tests and stuff for these COVID tests and whatnot. It's all going out of the backs of the poor. So people who started taking meds thinking it was going to help them are going to find themselves cut off because financially they can't support the, the high cost of these meds or they will be cut off because the meds will not be available, period, okay? So, um, yeah, so it could create quite a problem here. And I'm just trying to warn you that don't look for somebody who looks like somebody who's strung out on drugs. It could be the person next door, okay? Nearly 70% of Americans are on at least one prescription drug, and more than half take two, and that's according to the Mayo Clinic. Antibiotics, antidepressants, and pain-killing opioids are most commonly prescribed. Statins 
is one of the most common medicines prescribed in the United States, with more than 35 million people taking them. They work on an enzyme that used by our body to make cholesterol. A lot of people on those statins. And remember, everything comes from China. Every few years, they have a big thing about, oh, the statins were all compromised. So yeah, just be thinking carefully here, okay? About 7 in 10 U.S. adults with high blood pressure use medications to create the condition. In 2009, Americans visited their health care providers more than 55 million times to create to treat treat excuse me high blood pressure. How many Americans take painkillers, tranquilizers, stimulants, and sedatives? The answer for last year, 119 million Americans. And keep in mind, there's only, what, 300 and some million people? So that looks to me like, oh, I don't know, half of the population? They said that's about 45% of the population. Most of the people in this national survey said they took the drugs as prescribed. But 19 million people misuse these drugs. Well, as prescribed, right? I mean, (laughs) there are cases that these doctors prescribe these pills by the thousands, okay? You know, um, the thing is, is that these pills actually create the problem that you think you're fixing. I'm just going to put that out there, okay? They show you pictures of people dancing and butterflies flying in the air and stuff. But the reality is, just listen to the second part of that advertisement, okay? The second part of that advertisement lists a tremendous amount of very frightening side effects, like suicidal thoughts and all that. That is, in fact, what is going on. So, they do tell us what these meds are doing, but it's usually in the second part of the ad. And then it always says, check with your doctor. Well, what do you think your doctor's going to say when you go in there and say, oh, I saw this ad for this kind of anxiety medicine? He'll say, yeah, I've heard some really good things about that. Let me give you a prescription. That's how that's going to go, okay? So just remember, they want us to have those pills. I've been on high doses of opioids twice for several years at a time. I refuse to take them because now I'm certainly aware of the impact of them. And I don't want to fast track my demise any more than it already is. So yeah, Um, and I'll get to the opioid part in a minute here. But yeah, everybody is on drugs. Everybody, okay? I was on a low-dose thyroid medicine that I stopped taking two years ago um, because I am refusing any medical care. But this is my decision, okay? They've already got me. What do I want to go back and have them take my arms and my mind? So... Yeah, so because I'm not going to be doing medical tests, I had to stop taking the pill. Well, I survived okay, but all I'm saying is don't misconstrue what I'm saying and take it to what you need to do. All I'm suggesting is that you think about it, okay? Think about what would happen if people around you got cut off from their anxiety meds. How do you think people are going to be behaving when there's a sudden stop of these very, very dangerous pills, okay? So, um, uh, anyway, so the prescription for antidepressants and sleep medications increased 18.6% in 
in the last year. Um, I think that we're going to have a major situation here, okay? And common side effects of these psychoactive medications. In some cases, antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications can actually increase the symptoms of your anxiety disorder. It's unclear why and who this affects. I can tell you why. It's because it's the bug. Excuse me. It's the plan, not the bug, right? I had crippling depression when I was on anxiety meds. Suicidal thoughts, boy, they were off the charts. So yeah, these... The second part of what they tell you about these pills is, in fact, what the reality is, okay? At first, your anxiety will feel better, but it will get much, much worse. So, typically, people find that their anxiety and depression increases while taking the drugs. What is the usual recourse from your medical professionals? I can tell you from firsthand experience, they will just give you other drugs, They will tell you this other drug doesn't have these things. Here, try this other drug. So yeah, this will be their response will be to give you other drugs, okay? I got a crippling blood disorder of many things that I have from the medications, those simple little pills. When I got the blood disorder, which has now impacted my entire life, their solution was this other pill. When I refused the other pill... They actually walked out of the office on me. Two of them did because I was then viewed as being non-cooperative. And my medical records state that I am flagged as being non-cooperative to their advice. (laughs) Should have gotten non-cooperative years ago. But anyway, so um, this guy from the John Hopkins says the most popular anti-anxiety drugs were benzodines such as Valium, Xanax, Ativan, and Clonopin. Who makes Valium? Well, funny story. That Sackler family, the ones that created the opioid epidemic that crippled this country, they made Valium. They made Valium and opioids. They're two drugs. Murdered millions and millions of people, and they're just out there just hanging out, having fun. So... They say they are powerful and they are powerfully attractive in that they work instantly. You take Ativan and 30 minutes later you are feeling dramatically less anxious. What happens is like any good drug, like people who take drugs like meth and heroin and all that, you chase the first uptake. So the first time you take a drug, it feels terrific. So people keep wanting to replicate that feeling. That's why they keep taking more and more drugs. And they have set these drugs up, even the simple ones that come from your friendly doctor, wearing the two snakes in the logo, they have all been set up to have rather alarming addictive behaviors, okay? Even after a month or so, you should consider yourself addicted to these drugs and proceed with extreme caution from that point out, okay? So, um, then they talk about, um, cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah. Okay. Possibly coupled with antidepressants. Yeah. That is how I got started. Therapy and that sneaky ass recommended a simple pill. So anyway, so yeah, um, they're increasing drug overdoses. I'm not going to pay much attention to the drug overdoses statistics only because, 
if somebody dies of an opioid, but they have all these other things they've been taking along the way, like for example, if you're taking opioids and then you run out of opioids and you go to heroin, which is the plan, right? That's how people end up in tents living in the streets because they can no longer afford the first addictive drug they were given by their friendly doctor. So yeah, so you end up on heroin. So then you go from heroin, you ricochet through life, and you then you decide you like meth. Well, then what happens? Maybe you overdose on meth. Well, what is your cause of death? Well, meth, right? <laughs> but how'd you start taking meth? Well, if you started taking meth because your doctor gave you some opioids, which led you to heroin, which led you to meth, which killed you. So the meth ends up on your birth certificate. So don't get, I mean, death, not birth. Yeah, birth and death certificate, right? So uh, don't be getting too tied up on the um, death statistics, okay? Because we have a full circle going on here. I was talking the other day, yesterday, I kept saying I was going to talk about sack some more. And last night I thought, I already talked about sack. Um, no, I hadn't finished talking about sack um, because I'll be talking about it right now. What is being grown in Afghanistan? Poppy seeds. Now, I don't know how I missed this, but when I did those couple shows about the Sacklers and the explosion of opioids in this country, it's been back on my mind because of the research I've been doing in the Appalachia area, okay? That was the area they first hit with the opioids in this country because they knew that um, coal miners have injuries, okay? So the coal miners with injuries would go to their doctors. The doctors gave them opioids, told them they were non-addictive. So that's how they got the coal country addicted to opioids, by telling them, they would not be addicted. Well, then what happened next was these people became terribly addicted to these opioids. Their insurance cut them off. They couldn't pay for their medical visits to get more opioids. They're at home now, not working. And what do they do? Well, they go get heroin. Well, where does all this stuff coming from? So I don't know. I was watching this show the other day. It was a, a newer show about the opioid epidemic in this country. And I found some fascinating information. Um, I was not aware, or maybe I was aware, but I recorded the show a few years ago. I didn't know that all these pain pills were completely poppy-based. Poppy, as our friends that they, as our friends were getting in Afghanistan, right? So, um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. And the addictive nature of poppy is so addictive that most people get addictive like immediately and a huge percentage get like horrendously addicted immediately. So where are they getting these poppies from to make this, um, <laughs> well, remember the opium days, supposedly they didn't shine up. Well, poppy, and I don't know how I miss this minor connection here. Um, morphine comes from the opium, po opium poppy directly morphine. Okay. And heroin is a semi-synthetic opiate as heroin is not made directly from the poppy, but it's made from morphine. Okay, so we got heroin's coming from morphine. We got morphine coming from poppy. And where's all, where's all the poppy coming from? Well, let's take a guess here. How about a few countries like Afghanistan, right? Okay, so I was looking at 
what are the things that are killing the people the fastest in this country, okay? And I thought, well, heroin, fentanyl, and opioids, right? And I thought, wow, they all come from poppy. I mean, really, pretty incredible stuff, right? The other one, the cheap one, is fentanyl. Now, fentanyl is what I would consider the cheap death weapon they have turned on us, okay? This is how people are actually, I don't know if there's a word for it, how we're actually creating eugenics on ourselves using tools that they gave us. See how it works? That's why I think they want to push everyone in this country to have guns and weapons. I think they would like it far better if people would just go out when this thing blows up here. I think they're encouraging people to go out and murder their neighbors. That's a theme of all those creepy prepper people on YouTube, right? All these weapons and stuff. I mean, one guy was actually showing um, angles to shoot from your window. I mean, come on. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, because those weapons, I don't know how, how good they'd be against a tank. Um, I don't know how good it would be all this stuff about, they talk about getting weapons and bartering. You want to go out in the streets and try to barter stuff when there's tanks? <laughs> you want to go out there with your little rifle? Um, so the only reason I can think of they're pushing these rifles in this country is to make sure that everybody has enough ammunition to kill each other and save them the work. And I know this could sound very, very, very pessimistic of me, but let's face reality, okay? When this thing hit... What did they keep open? Okay, when they slammed everything down, what, a couple of years ago now? They kept open the liquor stores and the gun sales in this country, okay? So let's face reality. They're dishing out pills in this country like popcorn. They're creating all these people on YouTube to gun up, get their weapons, get enough bullets, and go after their neighbors. So, yeah, I would just be very, very careful. So let me wander back here to fentanyl. So now we know where these other drugs come from, suspiciously from Poppy. Now, how hard would this gig be, right? I don't know. I haven't looked at a map yet this morning because I'm just sitting here having my coffee, and I thought, well, let me talk about medicine today. Um, Well, I haven't looked at a map. I'll look when I hang up this show. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. But maybe um, the planes directly from Afghanistan to China are a direct flight. (laughs) get it from Afghanistan to China where they make it into, oh, I don't know, morphine, oh, I don't know, opioids, to export back to this country here. See how their side gig actually creates even more profits and even more death? So fentanyl is a potent synthetic opioid analgesic used to treat pain in cancer patients suffering from severe pain. And now fentanyl is all over the streets, right? All of this stuff, heroin, meth, all of this stuff is now being mixed with fentanyl. So surprise, surprise, if an addict goes and gets their heroin dose, that heroin dose could be laced with fentanyl. See how it all works out here? Put it on the streets and make it cheap enough so everybody can have plenty. So, the drug is highly addictive and dangerous if abused, and also dangerous if it's slipped into your drugs and you don't know about it. 
fentanyl is made by this um, compound of different chemicals. Like other synthetic opioids, it is not actually derived from the opium poppy plant, but its opioid moniker comes from the fact it binds with opioid receptors in the brain just as opioids derived from opium do. Synthetic opioids tend to be much more potent than the non-synthetic opioids. Fentanyl is 50 to 100 times more powerful than morphine. And the streets are loaded with fentanyl right now. And I imagine, you know, you're, you're loaded on heroin and you're, you know, out doing something and, you, you know, somebody hands you some fentanyl. I mean, there's a lot of things that can enter into this picture, okay? So anyway, so yeah, I think you're kind of getting the picture here. I would suggest um, be conscious of your surroundings. <clears throat> I would also be conscious of the people that you are around. Um, the last one I'll cover is meth. Meth has been on the um, intake, uptake. Meth is, um, in the early days, meth was used by bikers, okay? That's how they got the um, terms for it. And um, they had a formula for meth in the old days that the bikers, the Hells Angels in them used, okay, this formula. That formula used um, common things like Sudafed and things like that as part of the mix, so you'll recall there's been a crackdown on how many packets of like Sudafed and different things you can buy that have this ingredient because that ingredient was used typically in the meth formula. Well, they have recently changed the meth formula back to the one that the bikers were using originally and that is called P2P. And it's actually more potent than the last meth that we have. So, I don't know what to say. All I can say is that a lot of people are on medication. I have been very concerned about it for a very long time. There's going to be supply issues. And for unfortunately for a lot of people, when they run out of their medication, those FEMA trucks are going to be their only resource, okay? We can do this, folks. Just... Be safe out there. Hang in there. Goodbye for now. One would have been prescribed 100 pills a day, 3,000 a month. The doctor should have been the responsible person. They're trained and that's what their job is, is to make sure they're treating you in a healthy manner and they're doing what's best for you and not what's going to bring harm to you. It happens to just your next door neighbor, to your Oklahoma City firefighter, to your Oklahoma City police officer, to your school teacher, to your, you know, it's, it's, a, it's not a... Uh, it's not a disease that is specific. It can hit anybody. How come opioids invaded America? Pain has become a market, and the idea of not suffering even lightly is a given. In drugstores that look like fast foods, anyone can shop for painkillers. Physical or psychological, a painkiller exists for almost any reason. Imagine facing the day with less chronic osteoarthritis pain. Imagine living your life with less chronic low back pain. Imagine you with less pain. That can help. Is Amongst the painkillers on prescription are the opioids. Usually prescribed for backaches or headaches, 
Two million Americans are addicted to these pills. For a reason that most ignore, they're opium-based. I'm Jason Beeman, and I am the chair of psychiatry at Oklahoma State University's Center for Health Sciences. Our, our oath is essentially first do no harm. And I think that that's one of the biggest problems is that doctors don't realize that by prescribing opioids that they could do more harm than good. And we've seen that in a lot, a lot of cases. What were they originally prescribed for? Well, historically, the use has been for what we call cancer pain that cancer does a lot of horrible things to your body and can cause a lot of pain. Nowadays, it's used for a lot of different things. These pills are called hydrocodone, Percocet, Oxycontin, or fentanyl. All the drugs that are legally sold on the market share the same component, a powerful narcotic, heroin. And sometimes they are a thousand times more opium concentrated. The opioid compound comes from uh, a plant called the opium poppy. And uh, these plants are really grown mostly in Asia, and then they're imported by uh, drug companies into the United States. But what we do with the pills is we take the, the good parts of the flower that you would smoke, and we concentrate them in a little pill. And so the pills are much more potent than smoking ever was. But in the United States, we outlawed uh, the smoking of opium in the early 1900s. If you get a three-day prescription, there is a 13% chance that you'll be taking those opioids a year later. So whether it's a few prescriptions, a few pills, it's a very small amount that it takes to get addicted. To the left, a lethal dosage of heroin. To the right, it's equivalent on two opium samples. Today you will know you did something for your pain. Talk to your doctor. To be able to not feel pain has become a tacit agreement between doctor and patient. But at what price? These drugs are ticking bombs. Who's aware of that fact? Did Dr. Nichols know? <laughs> 